What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Okay, good deal. Thank you. Thanks. So, you find this Samaritan woman and you see Jesus leaving Galilee. Last week, Jesus was leaving Galilee uh, and he was on the border of Samaria and he saw 10 lepers. Uh, this week, you see him leaving Galilee again, and he's running into a Samaritan woman. Uh, and there was an encounter. You know, he within the passage, he said he must need go to Samaria. There was a need. There was a need for him to go to Samaria. And obviously, we know the need that he bumped into a Samaritan woman, and he, a lot of people, Samaritan people, began to believe on him. But one interesting fact, initial interesting fact that popped out to me was when the woman encountered Jesus. The, the first thing she noticed about him was he was a Jew. He was a Jew. Uh, that stood out to me. Why? Well, because she had just bumped into God. And the first thing she associated that encounter with was a religious practice. She associated bumping into God with with a religious practice. She said he was a Jew. And after she said he was a Jew, she said, y'all don't have any dealings with us Samaritans. So she associated his religious practice and then disassociated herself from him. Does that make sense? Let Let me say it another way. We encounter men or women of God, and the first thing we identify them with is their organization, what organization they are from. Oh, well, they must be Baptist because they sound like this, or they must be Kojic because they sound like this. But where is God? Does that make sense? Where is God? I hear you. Follow me. Just follow me because it's a picture being painted here. And after that, after that, Jesus began to tell her something, right? He began to get spiritual with her. And then, instead of her recognizing deity, she again associated because he said to her, give me something to drink. After that, she was like, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Then he went on and proceeded to go on and say, if you had known who I was, if you had known I was God, then you would be asking me for something to drink, and I would have given you some spiritual water, right? So now he's talking spiritual with her. She's still on physical. After he explained to her uh, the spiritual water, she began to associate that water with something physical. She said, well, man, give me this water so that I won't have to come back to this place and draw and that I won't ever have to be thirsty again. So parallel that, you have an encounter with God. And the first thing you do is associated with an organizational practice. Then you begin to want something physical instead of the spiritual. It's like if I can get this water where I won't ever have to be thirsty and I don't have to ever have to come back and draw again, that's exactly what I want. 
it's like, well, hold on, poor man. You're talking in parables, and you just, you just, I can't, I can't get with you right now. Well, let me just say this: when we have an encounter with God, are we associating Him with something physical, meaning a religious practice? And then, when we do identify Him as this religious practice, are we just going to Him for something physical? Is that more clear? Are we just going to God for something physical? Because once this woman recognized that this man was religious and then he tried to offer her something, she just wanted the physical thing. She just wanted the physical thing from him. Oh, man, yeah, I don't want to catch. I don't want to have to keep coming here and drawing. I don't, I don't want to be thirsty again. I don't want to be thirsty again. I don't want to be thirsty again. So you remember last week we talked about the ten lepers, and they wanted to be cleansed. They wanted to, Jesus, have mercy on us. We, we lepers. Okay, go show yourself to the priest. Okay. Nine of them went. There One of go. them came back. One of them came back. What, but, but notice, though, notice, though, in that, in that when he came back, what he did, he praised God. He recognized something. He took his focus off of being clean, and he recognized there was somebody. We talked about this. There was somebody, this person that that told him to go see the priest, this person was greater than his leprosy. He was bigger than his issues. He was greater than his problems. In that particular passage, you had an issue. But in this particular passage, you don't. So, so you have a woman carrying on with her everyday life, and she encounters God. So the first thing I noticed was we all have this encounter with God. We all encounter God. We all have this encounter where we bump into God. Some kind of way we bump into God. And I'm not talking about you bumped into God physically. What I'm talking about is you have this some type of inclination that God is real. God is existing. There is a God being. There's this entity that is real to us. And then we have that encounter. And then the first thing we do, the first thing we do is we associate mm-hmm. it with something, right? You either associate it with something that's real or you associate it with something that you can feel. It's like, what's the difference? <laughs> you either associate, now get that. You're either associating your encounter with God with something real or something you can feel. Something real as in this entity, this being is actually in control of everything that I do. And without this being, I don't even live. Or you're associated with something you can feel, something that's tangible, something that you can control. Well, let me go to this organizational practice because I had my, you know, godly encounter. So now let me, let me pick a church that I can go to. Let me pick a pastor that, that, that's going to tell me what I want to hear. That's convenient. Everything is convenient. Everything revolves around me, and 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 and, 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 and I can I can feel that. I feel that. So see, I feel it over here. See that the way they praise and worship over here is a, I feel that. And when I go over, man, I don't feel that. See, it's are you? Does that make sense? Are you associating with something real, or is it just based on how you feel? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So this woman, is somebody saying something? I feel it's both. Um, people seek both. Okay. 
Oh, that's all you got. You just, you just, yeah, yeah. And, and yes, you're right. There are, some, there are some cases you want something real, but you you may be being led by what you feel. I'm not saying that is in every case, but but maybe that's the drive. Is the drive based on your feel or the real? Right? Because if it was the real, then it wouldn't matter if you felt it or not. So let's keep going, though. Let's keep going. So you got this woman at the well, right? So Jesus and her continue with their conversation. After she asked for this living water that she wouldn't have to ever have to thirst again, Jesus said, well, go call your husband. Right? Now, it was interesting that Jesus even told her to go call her husband. It was as if Jesus was saying, I'm not going to give it to you unless your husband's present. But that wasn't the case, right? Because right after that, she said, I have no husband. And then Jesus responded, well, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one you with now, he ain't even your husband. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, now notice what she says right after that. Here she is. What is she? She's still focusing on the physical, right? Still mm-hmm. focusing on the physical. Does that make, does that make sense? Right after that, she said, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. For you, you, we, we Samaritans worship in these mountains. And I know I skipped some parts, but but just follow me. We we Samaritans worship in this mountain, but you you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place to worship. So so regardless of what the Jews said or the Samaritans said, it was based on either their culture, right? And in their case, yeah, right. Samaritans, that's what that's their code, that's what they were raised to do, were worship in the mountain. Right? The Jews, well, they were the children of Israel. So they were told that this was the place from their from the godly men, from the men and women of God that they had descended from. Jerusalem is the place to worship. Jerusalem is the holy city, right? This is where we are to worship. But follow me here. Her association was still physical, associating it with what she felt, associating it with what she felt. It wasn't what God told her to do. It was based on something she felt, a physical inclination. The whole encounter, this whole encounter, the whole reaction, the whole response was something physical, something she felt, something emotional, right? Something emotional. Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Why? Because he was telling you about these husbands that you had that aren't your husbands. Why did she know she was, why did she know Jesus was a Jew? Was it because of his skin color? Was it because of the way he was dressed? How did she know he was a Jew? Did God tell her that? Beyond that, beyond that, right immediately following. Now, let's get to the bulk of this. Immediately following that. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, you don't know what you worship. You Samaritans don't know what you worship. Salvation is of the Jews. We know God to be God for who he is, for who she is, the the combination of male and female combined. There's no gender with God, right? He's not a man, he's not a woman, he's gender neutral, it's a, it's a deity, it's a spirit. We know God. We know what we worship. 
for salvation is of the Jews. But but notice what he said after that. But God is seeking. God is seeking true worshipers. And notice that, too. He said God is seeking. God is looking for. God is searching for. God is wanting this. This is what he is desiring, right? True worshipers. He's desiring true worshipers. What is a true worshiper? <laughs> what is a true worshiper? And, and notice how you went from drinking water, getting water, getting eternal life, to worshiping. You went from all of that to worship. What did worship have to do with me getting this water? I just came down here to draw some water. What does worshiping have to do with anything? What is, why did we even start talking about worship? Well, let, well, I like to bring up the last week because it's, it's, it's a different side of the picture that's being painted. After the man saw, he saw his body being cleansed, he praised God. After he, saw, he praised God. It said he yelled out in a loud voice. He yelled out, whatever it was, I don't know. But, but, the, but the scripture says he glorified God. Right after that, right after that, he said he fell to Jesus' feet. And then after he fell to his feet, he thanked him. And then immediately following that, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so he, equated, he equated him glorifying God, yelling out, him falling to his feet and thanking God. He equated that to him doing something in faith. Yeah. Him doing something in faith. Now, we have a, a Samaritan woman talking about where she's supposed to worship, acknowledging that he's a Jew and how they don't have nothing to do with Samaritans. You see the, the different side of the picture? The different he's side of prophet. the picture is, go ahead. I said, and he's a prophet. And he's a prophet because of what he said. Right. But, 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 but even in that, it wasn't that he was a man of God. It wasn't that he was sent by God. No, he's a prophet. He's some, he's some religious figure, right? right? And, and then right. he continued, followed up that with another religious thing. And, and notice when I say religion, it's organized. She's talking about some organized thing. She's talking about something. Y'all worship over here. We worship over here. You, 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 you go to this church and, you know, y'all, y'all say y'all the only ones being saved. We not. Y'all the only ones getting in. We not. That's what that's. Does that make sense? The only thing she sees is something that's tangible. She doesn't see God. She's not seeing God. Not right now. Not right now. But then when he started talking about true worshipers and, and the people that God are looking for, those that worship him in spirit and in truth, oh, my goodness. Now now she's starting to understand a little bit better, right? Her vision is starting to open up a little bit more, right? She's starting to see right. it clearer. Because now her question, her question, her, her, her analysis began to shift. Her analysis shifts, and I noticed this shift in her analysis. She says, "The Messiah, that Messiah, that, now, now, now is beginning is getting real." Shift. See, it's not about what she feels now, because see, now she's understanding what that water was correlating to. Now she's understanding that, that that the reality of life is coming into existence. And what do you mean by that? Because she said, "When that Messiah comes, when the Messiah, let's see, everybody's been waiting on this Messiah, even the Samaritans." They've been waiting on him too? Yes. Salvation is of the Jews, but the Samaritans have been waiting on it, right? Because, see, there's this yearning within everybody that exists on the earth. There's a yearning. There's a void. There's something missing. 
because when you look at the, the leopard, and I'm going back and forth, when you look at that one leopard, he realized something was missing in his life, something missing in his life. And it wasn't physical. Right. Getting clean didn't have nothing to do with anything. I can get clean all day, but, but what if I get dirty again? How do I, I get clean? Get dirty again, right? I can get dirty again, but something, see, after he got clean, he recognized he was missing something. something. But notice this, too. After he recognized he was missing something, he recognized who it was he needed that he was missing. Does that make sense? He recognized who it was he needed after mm-hmm. his- Yeah. He recognized who it was. See, see, there's this void. Everybody, all of us have this void, and, 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 and this, this, this a, it's a gap. But I, I want this void filled, but we try to fill it with physical stuff. Oh, that's still. Mm-hmm. See, see, I heard someone earlier just ask the question. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's physical, how we feel, and real. We want both. We may be seeking both, right? We may be seeking something we feel and real, right? Yeah. What if you don't get what you feel? Then what? If you're seeking it and you don't get it, what if it changes? What if your feelings change? You're still devoid of something. What what is that? Is a void? Is a void? There's a yearning within us humans, but there's a void that that we need to be filled. How do we fill it? How do we fill it? Well, let's talk about it. First, there's an encounter. I've been talking a lot. First, there's an encounter. Right? We have this encounter with God, and we identify this encounter as something. We've all had it. We still have it. But the question is, how are we responding to it? How are we responding to the encounter? The initial response of the woman was she associated it with something physical. She began to look for her church, right? Let me find my church. Let me figure out what church best suits me. Notice that. Notice that. Notice what I said. Let me figure out what church best suits me. And let's look at the one leper. When he noticed it, when he noticed it, what did he do? How did he respond? His initial response was, let me glorify God. After he acknowledged God, he, after he acknowledged God, then what did he do? He humbled himself. I'm giving yeah. you all the answers. Yes. He humbled right. himself. What do you mean he humbled himself? He fell to his feet. He fell on his face. He fell to his feet. Whose feet? He fell to Jesus' feet. And what does that mean? What does that signify, right? Right? That, 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 that signifies what? That signifies that Jesus outranks you. That signifies that, that, man, you know what? I'm giving up my place to be above you. Not that he died ever placed you here to be above him, but I'm giving up my place to be above you, and I'm lowering myself. I'm humbling yeah. myself. Right. Right? I'm, I'm humbling myself. And again, guess what after he did after that? Right after that, he began to thank God. Mm-hmm. He began to thank God. Thank him for what? He just thanked him. He just thanked him. Thanked him for what? I'm thanking you. For whatever, I'm thanking you. I'm offering you my gratitude. I'm offering you my appreciation because you are God. Not because of anything other than that. You're God, yes. man. You, you're God. You're God. You are above me. You are above me. But see, this is where it gets good when you go back over to the woman at the well. Because it took her a little bit to recognize that, okay, she's talking to God. But guess what? God has to tell us. 
The Messiah that you're looking for, well, I'm he. And immediately her life was changed. She got it. She got it right after that. She got it. Oh, 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 I got it. I see now. I understand what you're saying now. But, but notice the transaction. Notice the transaction. I want to stick with the transaction. And that transaction is the response. Because if you look at how the leper responded to God when, she rec- when he recognized, and then you look at how the woman responded when she recognized. Once she recognized, guess what she did? Her life changed. She didn't, and notice this, too. She didn't even go get her, the, the dude that she was with. After she recognized that she was talking to God, she didn't even go get the dude she was with. Who did she go get? She went into town to go get to share with people that the Messiah has come, and she done encountered him. She mm-hmm. had encountered him. Now, 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 how does this fit into us, right? How does this fit into us? So I gave you three things. I didn't tell you to write them down because that's your choice. I gave you the three things. First, there's an encounter. After the encounter, either you recognize him to be God or you associate him with some physical, right? Mm-hmm. And based on what you're associating God with is how you're going to respond to him. I react, yeah. This is how you're going to react, right? Mm-hmm. Based on what you associate, when you when you have an encounter with God, are you associating him with something physical, or are you associating him and deity? Is this God? Is this the God of the universe? This God that created everything? This God that enables me to be, and without him, I'm nothing? Is that what you are identifying God as? Because when you identify him as this God that enables you to be, and without him, you are nothing, guess what? You're going to humble yourself to him. Mm-hmm. You're going to humble yourself to him. And, and, and notice this. This is why I like the woman at the well. It was her life that changed. She began to do things differently. It wasn't just a one-time event. See, he told the, the, the leper to go his way. And that's all you know. He went his way. And you can speculate and say, he went away changed. He never did get back off the ground. Physically, he did, but spiritually, he stayed dormant. He allowed God to reign in his body. He Mm -hmm. kept associating himself with deity. You speculate that, but this woman, you see it. It changed. She forgot all about that water. (laughs) Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you seeing the picture? She forgot all about the water. She forgot the water. She left her bucket and everything. Come see a man. Come see a man. Is this not the Messiah? He told me everything that I did. Is this not the Messiah? Come see a man. Her life was changed. Her life was changed. See, her encounter, after she recognized him, her life was changed. And guess what she did? She lived a life of responding to God. What makes you think she responded to God? Because... Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. You know, you see her life lifting up God, a life that's lifting up God, a life that's lifting. It was so much so that the men of the town, Samaritan men, they came to see the man. They had to see him. They came to see the man. Do you see the picture that's being painted? What does that have to do with me? Everything. Let's start over. (laughs) You encounter God. We all do. We all do. After we encounter God, we're associating him as either deity 
or we're associating him with something, as something physical. And if it's something physical, all you're doing with God is wanting something physical. You keep going to him for something physical. You keep going to him to get to feel better. You keep going to him because you're down and you don't want to be down or you're up and you want to be down or whatever it is. That makes no sense. But, hey, some people might go there just because they want to be down. Now, I don't know. But I'm just making the point. The point that I'm making is always physical. It has nothing to do with God. But, see, God is looking for people to respond to him because he's God. Yeah. Because he's God. Because I'm your God. I just want you to respond to me. I want you to talk to me because I'm God. Because I exist. Mm-hmm. Because I'm more real than you are. Because without me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because God is looking for those people. God is looking for people to merely respond to him. Not 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 respond to people that are, are around them that are that. No, don't respond to them. No, respond to him. Because he's God. Does that make sense? And guess what that is? Guess what that is? Guess what Jesus associated that with? He associated worship. that with worship. Worship. With worship. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Your worship. That's your worship. Your worship is your response to God. Worship. How are you responding to God? See, a lot of us say, well, we worship him when we go to a place. Or we worship him yep. when we put on our music. <laughs> That's what a lot of us say. But are we responding to God? Because see here in the text, the worship was the response to God. Are we saying we worship it because we're doing something that looks like worship? Because we saw somebody responding to God and we said, oh, that's what they that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm doing what they're doing. No, you're not. They are responding to God. What are you doing? You look at you doing. Yeah. See, see, salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. And notice what he's saying there. They know God. Therefore, they know how to respond to God. If I don't know God, how am I going to respond to him? If I don't have a relationship with God, how am I going to respond to him? I I can lift up my hands all day. I can sing all day, and I'm just making a sound. I'm just lifting up my hands. I can cry all day, and I'm just crying. Yeah, you know what God did. Because God reigns on the just and the unjust. God reigns on the just and the unjust. Does that make sense, people? God reigns on the just and the unjust. So it ain't what you did that caused God to reign on you. God did that because he's God. You didn't do nothing special. What? No, no, no. Pharaoh was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was Pharaoh. And notice what I'm saying when I say that. Pharaoh was Pharaoh. He was head of Egypt. He was one of the richest emperors of all time. And there were a lot of Pharaohs. Right? There were a lot of pharaohs. Yeah. Where did he get those riches from? Did he just conjure them up? No. God permitted him to have them. Right? Wouldn't you consider that to be rain? There are a lot of people that love God. They ain't never had as much as Pharaoh. The lady that gave her last was like two pennies. But she gave her last to God. God wasn't raining on her. He rained on her, too. He rained on her, too. But guess what? Pharaoh wasn't responding to God. But that woman that gave her last, she was responding to God. Mm-hmm. She was in worship. Does that make sense? She was worshiping yeah. him in spirit and in truth. Now, see, then there's a better now. Okay, we forgot about that part. No, we didn't forget about it. No, we didn't forget. See, the spirit and in truth part. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. Let's go back. And I got to keep going back because, see, we got to get this. We can't go over, we can't leave this spot 
today thinking that when we go do something physical, we are in worship. Nope. Nope. We encounter God, we associate God as being one of two things, physical or deity. He has a physical nature. Yes, he does. I mean, it's, it's exemplified. We are a replica, representation of that physical essence of God. We are. He made us in his image, so we are a physical representation of that, right? So, so but, but when you're associating God with something physical, are you associating God with merely things that you can control, or are you associating God as something spiritual, meaning without God, nothing exists? Nothing exists. See, your mind is your mind is different when you think like that. And notice what I just said. Your mind is different when you think like that. When you think, I can't do anything without God. When you're sinning, you what I'm saying? When you're sinning, you're sinning with God. When you're doing things God is not telling you to do, it is by God's power that you're doing it. And guess what? Guess what? How do you think that makes him feel? How do you think God is looking at that? How do you think God is, is, is looking at you in the midst of that? And see, I'm telling you this, so now you know. You know God is right there with you, empowering you and, 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 and enabling you to do this. But you're saying you don't want to, but you keep doing it. But you keep doing it. Disregarding his feelings, disregarding the nature of God's feelings, disregarding it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. But it does matter because we want to worship God in truth, not in a lie. We want to worship God in truth, meaning after we decide that you're God, internally, we want our external actions to resemble that, or do we? And all of these, these this is, this is to, to, to dwell in your inner part. I didn't send out any questions because I just wanted you guys to read this to get a feel for what was going on in the text. I had a ton of questions. And I'm asking them, but you don't have to answer them to me. You got to answer them for yourself. How am I responding to God internally? Because internally, if I'm looking at God as something that I can just receive physical things from, if I'm associating him with some organizational or religious practice, then externally, that's how I'm going to respond. What I do on a daily basis does not matter to God. It won't even matter. As long as I do my religious practices, I'm good. But my day-to-day living does not matter to God. It doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter to God. See, see, people will see that. People will see your day-to-day living, and guess what? What they call you will be based on that. What do you see? Based on your day-to-day living. It won't be based on your religious practices. It will be based on your day-to-day living. Based on your day-to-day living. Why? Because that's what people see. When you in church, oh, oh they're saying you're faking. They're saying I'm faking. I'm faking. Because my day-to-day living doesn't represent all of that worship I say I'm doing on Sunday, on Wednesday, when I'm at Bible discussion, when I'm reading my Bible, and I'm trying to tell somebody about the Bible. How am I responding to God on a day-to-day basis? And, and, and just simple stuff, simple decisions. How I treat my neighbor, how I treat my enemy. Another scripture. God said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. It's, this is the funny part. Love them as he's loved you. Yeah. 
So so then how do you even distinguish somebody that's your enemy and your friend? Um, if you're loving them the same. If you're loving them the same. It's it's how you respond to God. After you recognize God to be, how do you respond to After you recognize God exists in all that you're doing, how are you going to respond? How do you respond? How do you go forth in truth? How do you go forth in truth? Because now you know what the truth is. The truth is, well, what is he telling me to do? Did he tell me to go share my testimony with a group of Samaritans? Come see a man. Did he tell me to drop down on my feet, drop down on my face and say thank you? Thank you. Did he tell me to cry out? Lord, you awesome. Does my life reflect that? Does my life look like I'm humble to God? Does my life look like I'm humble to God? Is my conversation, the conversation that I have, because, see, this is every day. Is the conversation that I have with, with people on a daily basis, does it say I'm humble to God? Does it say that? Or does it say I follow my religious practices? I follow my religious practices. Here, let me give, me a, let me give you a few scriptures after I done cut your throat. I'm going to give you a few scriptures after that. I mean, you know, I'm being facetious, but but, but, but does Cut your throat. But let me give you a Let me pray for you. I done just beat you down. Let me pray for you. God bless you, baby. God bless you. Doing something religious. What? You just whooped me, man. You just whooped me. Yeah, you blessing me with your words? Uh, let me sing over you. Let me sing this song to you so you'll feel better after I just made you feel so bad. This is for all of us. How are we responding to God? That's our worship. That's our worship. Our worship and is our response. That's our whole. That's our whole duty. That's it. Because he he equates that to faith. Equates that to faith. But notice, notice the picture. Acknowledging him, humbling ourselves to him, and offering thanks to him. That thanks. That's just an offering. What are you offering to him? It's an offering. I'm conti- I'm continually offering to him. I'm continually humbling myself to him. I'm continually acknowledging him. In all that I do, I'm acknowledging him. I'm humbling myself. I'm, 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 giving, I'm offering myself to him. I'm offering myself to him. I'm, say that again. I'm humbling myself. I'm yeah. acknowledging him. And you can't. And when you're in that, when that's wrapped up in you, that's your worship. And guess what? He equates that to faith. Now I'm walking in faith. Now I'm walking in faith. I, I pray that this has at least, to the very least, helped you to see how to worship. I pray that this has, at the very least, helped you to see how to worship. But at most, I pray that you leave here knowing how to respond to God on a day-to-day basis. Because just knowing how to worship, it ain't going to get you nowhere. But knowing how to respond to God now, now. It's your choice. So you don't have to let people affect you. You don't have to let things affect you because you know you have to acknowledge God regardless of how they affect you. You have to humble yourself to God regardless of how they affect you. And you have to offer yourself to God regardless of how they affect you. It doesn't matter if I'm broke. I got to keep humbling myself, keep acknowledging, and keep offering myself. If I'm sick, I got to keep humbling myself. I got to keep acknowledging and I got to keep off. If I'm rich, I got to keep humbling myself. I got to keep acknowledging. I got to keep off. Whatever condition, whatever state, whatever place, whatever location, whatever creed, whatever gender, whatever race, whatever nationality, I got to keep humbling myself. I got to keep acknowledging, and I got to keep offering myself to God. Whatever whatever organization or religious affiliation, I got to keep humbling myself. I got to keep offering myself to God. I got to keep acknowledging God. 
the real God, the true God, the God of the universe, the God that created everything, the God that enables me to live, move, and have my being, the God that gave me a voice to speak, the God that gave me a nose to inhale and exhale through, the God that gave me a body to absorb food, digest it, and then dismiss it or dismantle of it, the God that gave me five fingers, the God that gave me five toes, the God that gave me all of this hair that I have on my head, that gave me my skin color, this, that God, that God. They created all people from two. That God. That God. Not the God of the black people. Not the God of the white people. Not the God of the Asian people or the Mexican people. Not the God of the United States. Not the God of Jerusalem. No, no, no. The God that created the entire universe. Mm -hmm. And without him, nothing consists. Right. That God. That God. For all things or spring forth from him. Everything lives, moves, and has its being because of it, because of that deity, that God. See, there's no segregation with that God. That, that God isn't looking at your skin color and saying, hey, you different from them because you this color and you that color. See, see, it's a different type of response. It's a different type of response. Regardless of who's in office or, or what's going on, oh, no, no, I got to keep humbling myself. I got to keep offering. I got to keep acknowledging that God. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I am done. Uh, wow. We, we, we want to talk more about the woman's living. After this, after this, we want to talk more about how she affected the community after this. I didn't really go dig into deep into that part. Next week, I want to dig deeper into that how you're affecting the community. But first, you have to do what? You got to know how to worship. Mm-hmm. All right? And what is your worship? Your worship is your response to God. So so after you know how to worship, you know how now, right? So now what you got to do now, you got to live that out. You got to live out your worship. You got to live it out. It can't be, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was about to start up again. I'm done, guys. I am done. I uh, <laughs> have any questions, comments. I'm done. I'm done. I hope it made sense, at the very least, beyond what knowledge or whatever uh, definitions that were that were brought forth. At the very least, I hope you guys may. I hope it made sense. And if it don't, y'all have my number. Just call me and be like, Corey, you know what, boy? We got to talk. Hey, and I'll be available. I'll make myself available. Is that all right? Yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah, made you good. think. This was good. So now it makes you think and reevaluate yourself of what you do. That's good. And what you should be doing. That's good. Yeah. That's all I have, guys. There's nothing else. All right. Thank you. All righty, Corey. Bye. 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 Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.